Good Christmas Eve morning. It's Real Estate Daily with your guru, and I hope you are having a wonderful morning. I hope you've got a cup of coffee in your hand as I do this morning. Again, using my Black Rifle Coffee Company coffee beans, loving it. And I want to talk this morning about, you know, there's lots of people coming, flying in and out, flying out right now. So our transportation areas are super busy. You might have lots of visitors coming to visit you right now. And of course, you can you have clients and all this going on. You're saying Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Season Greetings. And there's so many events going on right now. It's incredible. But the topic for today is have you have you visited all of your local things in the area? When it comes to recreational areas and scenic and recreational areas. There's so much in the Northwest. Of course, in this short show we have for about 30 minutes each day, I can't cover all the stuff. We can cover a few highlights that I, that I think are fun to go and visit. I would love to hear from you in the chat. What kind of scenic areas that you like to go to and you like to take people to? And when you're talking to your clients or your, your, your family can be a client, by the way, absolutely. But when you're talking to family, clients, friends, associates, all of where do you suggest people go when they come to Portland or the Seattle, the Northwest area in general? Now, a little bit about me. I have lived, I was born in Everett, lived a bunch of my life in the Seattle area. And then also about the other half or better of my life in the Portland area. So these two markets, the Northwest, I'm a Northwest kid. I also was back in D.C. for a while with my law practice. So these are the areas I, I know pretty well. I've traveled a bunch, of course. But in the Northwest, I love it. I have a, a personal uh, feeling for the Northwest and its areas, and the hiking areas. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I'd like to know what areas do you love in the Northwest? It's it's Christmas Eve, we're keeping it fun, we're keeping it light. Well, I would like to know, what do you, what do, you do when people ask you? They're, they're a new client coming to the area, and what do you tell them to not miss while they're visiting the Northwest? I can tell you in the Portland area, because I live in the Columbia River Gorge for a reason. I love the gorge. The gorge is a beautiful area. So I, I personally live in the Corbett, Oregon area, just outside of the Trout. Of Tr you come up from Troutdale, and the next, well, the next thing you hit is Springdale, and then you hit Corbett. Corbett is an unincorporated city. It's an area. So 97019 is the zip code for the Corbett area. Corbett, in for most parts, is a non-growth area because there really isn't any areas to grow because they don't allow for the dividing of land. There's very, very few spots. I mean, probably like single digits of pieces that you can still build a house on. So essentially, it's a non-growth area. It's been kept very pristine as part of the mouth of the gorge. And the, the, the scenic gorge area, one of the things I always tell my family when they come to visit me or friends or associates, clients, is go visit the gorge. 
And I'm shocked how many people, even from the area, from the Northwest, from Portland, will say, well, what's out there? Well, have you seen the waterfalls? Have you, it, most people have at least heard of Multnomah Falls if they're from the area. Multnomah Falls, now would be 32 miles from downtown Portland, going out Highway 84, and it's still a left-turn exit. I believe, now I don't have this absolute, I believe it's the, the last left-turning exit on a highway system in, in Oregon, on, on an interstate highway system. But not positive. It's one of the few for sure. So Multnomah Falls shouldn't be missed. The historic Columbia River Highway, which my wife and I commute on every single day from our home, should not be missed. Going up through the, the historic Columbia River Highway, it used to be the highway on the Oregon side. Years ago, before 84 was put in, the superhighway was nice and flat down there, and you, and you can make great time. You won't make good time on the historic Columbia River Highway. And that's not what it's for, is making good time. Maybe once upon a time, it, it was certainly a better time than what they had. But now it's meant for scenic views and going and seeing the many, many falls that are, that are along the historic Columbia River Highway. After you hit Crown Point and you head down into the gorge, you will start to pass the many waterfalls that are down there. This should not be missed. It's absolutely spectacular. If you have any love of nature, you should suggest people to go and not miss the historic Columbia River Highway and the scenic views of the waterfalls in the gorge. Absolutely spectacular and shouldn't be missed. I love them. People flock to them. It is a destination point that shouldn't be missed. I'll tell you, since we're on the topic of waterfalls and we're just kind of jumping around the, the Northwest this morning, when I lived up in the Seattle area, I would go out to Snoqualmie Falls. Snoqualmie Falls, absolutely amazing. It's right there in the Seattle area, outside of Auburn by about 15 miles or so, Auburn, Washington. But in the, uh, the southern part of the greater Seattle metro area. And I, uh, I believe it's off of Highway 90. Anyway... It absolutely should not be missed. Snoqualmie Falls is twice the height, approximately, of Niagara Falls. Now, it doesn't have the width and the volume of Niagara Falls, but it is very tall and just spectacular views. If you're, if someone is doing a tour of the Northwest, I always include the gorge. I always include Snoqualmie Falls. Because these are two areas that shouldn't be missed. If you're going, going to do the grand tour of the area, who do you suggest, when you're talking about, where do you suggest people to not miss in the Northwest? I would love to hear this from you so I can add to my own uh, knowledge base of where you believe that people should not miss. I also believe they shouldn't miss the rivers. I'm a big water person, obviously. They shouldn't miss the rivers. They shouldn't miss the mountains. Mount Rainier shouldn't be missed. Mount Hood shouldn't be missed. If they have time 
to hit the mountains. It takes, you know, it's really a, an extra day to hit any of the mountains. It takes time. If you're going to take time in snowshoe, I don't downhill ski anymore. I, I'm just not uncomfortable with it. But I used to love to, to downhill ski, and I love the speed. Uh, I, I definitely am a, a thriller speed person when it comes to just aim your skis down and go for it. So it, so when it comes to slower skiing, I've just, uh, I decided to go snowshoeing. My wife convinced me that I thought, oh, that will be no fun. I'll tell you, snowshoeing is tremendous fun. I love it. You can see areas that you would never see, see as a skier. I always suggest my clients, if they have time, hit the mountain. If they have time and they're and they're headed north to the Seattle area, absolutely hit hit Mount Rainier. Go there, take a look at it. It is amazing. It is a life changing event to go and experience these areas. You know, in the Northwest, we have one of the lo longest lakes. We have Lake Washington right there in the Seattle area. We have bridges across it, but I believe it's 29 miles long. If they're going up to the Seattle area, they definitely should go and take a look at Lake Washington. It is a sight to behold how long that lake really is. And it's, you know, right there alongside Seattle. So, so it actually, of course, spans along many cities as it goes up towards uh, Bellevue and Kirkland and all that. So uh, Renton and Kent is actually towards the bottom and not quite touching it. But absolutely amazing, some of these sights and sounds. If they are in the Seattle area, again, dealing with the, the, the whole water thing, hitting the Puget Sound. The Puget Sound is a special place. I dearly love it. Spent a bunch of my life up there doing and back when I was a pilot, this is back when I had eyesight, and I was a pilot. I had had my um, little Grumman tea cat, or I would rent rent an airplane, and I would fly to the San Juans, either out of Portland or or out of Boeing Field in Seattle, and take off and fly up to the San Juan Islands. This is back in the late '80s, early '90s when I was doing this. The San Juan Islands, though, I think are best experienced. Now, definitely, you, if someone wants to go do this, they need, they need a day to go and do something like this. And they need, if they're traveling for the Portland area, they, they need, you know, some time to get there. And then they need time to get on the ferry. Because I believe it is the islands are not best experienced by a little plane, even though I had tremendous fun flying in and out of the San Juans and Friday Harbor and Roach Harbor and all that. Wonderful stuff. Orcas Island. I think they're best experienced by going on ferry out of Anacortes. The ferry is just this beautiful, beautiful scenery vessel that goes through and snakes in between, I believe it's 172 islands that there are in the San Juans. There's only, I think, I believe six large ones. Some of the other islands are pebbles. There's a very small little spits off somewhere that may not even be out of the water all year long. <laughs> it might sink part of the year <laughs> just because of what's going on with tides and things like this. Have you been to the San Juans and what do you think of going to the San Juans? I remember back in the 80s when you could buy beachfront property for $30,000 in the San Juans. 
I didn't do it. I very foolish. I didn't do it. I can hardly believe I didn't do it. Looking back, late '80s, right on Friday Harbor, I could have could have purchased uh, beachfront property, thirty thousand dollars, and of course that property now, you know, it's million dollar property. It is a destination place to go. Experiencing the San Juans is so unique. It is one of the more unique things to do if someone has time. If they actually have two or three days, I would suggest they take off from Seattle. We're talking real estate here. Looking at the beautiful pieces of real estate. It's just a different kind of show today because it's it's Christmas Eve or having a little fun. Taking off out of Seattle on a hydrofoil. My sister and I did it lots of years ago. Took off on a hydrofoil, rode the hydrofoil up to Victoria Island. Now, Victoria Island is not part of the San Juans, but it's right next door to the San Juans. And you certainly see them as you go by on the hydrofoil. You take off. They're on, on the hydrofoil, leaving the Puget Sound. You head off off the Straits of Juan de Fuca, and you get to see uh, Victoria Island. And it is all by itself a different environment. You truly have went to a European environment, and it is absolutely amazing and stunning. It will change your view of things for a lifetime. If you don't know of these things, you need to go and experience some of these things for the your own benefit, of course, because you will have tremendous fun doing it. And also for the benefit of your clients that you can tell them about these destinations. Now, I haven't even talked yet about the Oregon coast. And I, I do want to get to that before my time you know, runs today. The Oregon coast, as well as so many parts of the Washington coast. But let me just deal with the Oregon coast first. Should not be missed. The Oregon coast is so incredibly unique. Everything from Astoria all the way down to the to near the bottom of Florence, Oregon, and everything in between, absolutely spectacular and shouldn't be missed. The Oregon, you know, the Oregon coast has a huge growth of surfers now. When I was growing up, nobody surfed on the Oregon coast. Pardon me while I'm sipping a little coffee. It would be unheard of when I was growing up in my teenage years for anyone to even think that they were going to surf on the Oregon coast. It was considered too cold or just too stormy, too whatever. Now there's a growing amount of people surfing every year on the Oregon coast. I don't know if that's because of changing weather patterns or what's going on, but it is a huge outgrowth right now for Oregon the whole surfing environment. Now, now, dealing with surfing again, and I'll come back to the Oregon coast. In Hood River, of course, we have windsurfing, which it, if they're here in the summertime, when the windsurfing is happening, they def, the people should, def, as you experience the Columbia River Gorge, you should definitely send them up the Hood River. What, what a wonderful environment. You can go out and you can look at the windsurfers. They're all over the Columbia at that point. Of course, the winds of the gorge 
are fairly consistent. I can tell you that. I live here in the gorge. Our winds are pretty consistently blowing all the time. It particularly at certain times of the year, like the winter, certain times of the summer. But down on the water, you it's rare to not have wind. And that's why windsurfing has become so incredibly popular in Hood River because they have consistent winds for it. Now they're not in the summertime, they're not going to become crazy, but it's enough for, for the windsurfing. And then all you have all of the wineries. Now you may have people that don't want to go to the wineries. Well, you have to pick and choose on any of these things. The Oregon wine industry has grown substantially. In the last 40 years, the Oregon wine industry has remade itself, is actually something to, I would say, be reckoned with, but something to be considered. It is a major, major attraction. People come to Oregon for the wine industry and wine tasting. And they have, if you're during, here during the wine tasting part of the year, you certainly and the people are interested in it, you certainly should suggest them to go on a wine-tasting tour. They have buses that do this. You can actually have buses go out to the wine-tastings. So over on the Oregon coast, things to experience in the Oregon coast, of course, I, I love Astoria and everything going on there and coming on down the coast. There, there are the forts and what you should experience. Those getting down to, to seaside, Seaside is, is absolutely a destination and an attractive point. L Tourists are attracted over to it. It's only it, about an hour or less out of Portland to get to Seaside. So it's not a huge distance. You can go over there. You can you can eat out at Pig and Pancake or, or Moe's Chowder House or so many other places. And it's something that shouldn't be missed if the person has time to go and experience any part of the Oregon coast out of Port the Portland area, within an hour you can be at Seaside and they have the turnaround on the main drag there. And it's absolutely wonderful to walk it in the summertime. Wintertime is a little harder because, because of obviously the, the weather. But the spring and summertime and fall, most of the year, that is a beautiful area to be. What parts of the Oregon coast do you suggest your clients that are coming into town that don't know the area and you're trying to give and treat them with the beauty of our area? What parts of the Oregon coast do you suggest people to go and take a look at? We have so much to offer. I haven't even started talking about hiking yet and all the hiking areas of the gorge and the mountains and everywhere else. We are an epic hiking adventuring area for people who love that including the oregon coast as you go on down the oregon coast i have a personal affinity for cannon beach i think cannon beach is stunningly beautiful and so walkable and the city at cannon beach is fun it's, it's just a fun ginchy little community there that i dearly love headed well down the beach to to um, Cape Perpetua. Cape Perpetua is special and should not be missed. If someone's going to travel up and down the coast, make sure in their GPS, 
you get Kate Perpetua in because you're going to get views from Kate Perpetua that can't be seen from anywhere else. It is absolutely stunning. I keep I hate to keep using the word stunning, but what else can we say about it? It, it is breathtaking from Cape Perpetua. It is a special place to be. So many places on the Oregon coast are special. Head on down to Florence, where, of course, all over the coast, kite flying is popular. But in Florence, it is particularly popular, that with the dunes. So the dunes and the dune buggies and the dune rides. I wouldn't personally rent a personal dune buggy uh, and it, for some, you know, my wife to drive or something. We've had tremendous fun going on tours of someone who knows the dunes because the dunes are huge. It isn't some little hill out there. These go on and on and on. You can get lost out in the dunes. The dunes are tremendous fun. And for the rigs that are meant to travel on the dunes, it it's, once again, stunning and breathtaking, for sure. Have you been out to the dunes? And do you suggest people to head out to the dunes? Because it's so amazing. So, Oregon Coast, there's so much. I, I haven't even hit a thumbnail version of the Oregon Coast yet. But let me, let me move over to the other side of the state to uh, hiking areas and unique things, historic things that really should be considered. So you have the Klamath Falls area. And Klamath Falls, the hiking, the boating, the outdoor adventure is wonderful there. And then, and then of course, we have Crater Lake. Crater Lake, it will take you time. The per, your people need a couple days to go really and experience the Crater Lake area. And the hiking around Crater Lake, if they can, renting a hotel there and staying at, at the Crater Lake area, they will, they will have the experience of their lifetime. And what a wonderful gift for a family to take to take their self or their family along with them to something like Crater Lake. Crater Lake is a uh, national historic thing to take a look at. It's a historic park. It is a national park. It, they, I don't believe they know how deep it, it is. It's hundreds of feet deep. It is pure in, it, in, the, in its water itself, where there is no algae in the water, and there's reasons for that I, that I can't explain here. But there's in the middle of the lake, there is Wizard Island, and you can go out to Wizard Island on, on a boat on the, on the tours. And I suggest doing all of that, including going out to Wizard Island and hiking around the Wizard Island and then taking the boat back to the shore, of course. Your pictures that you will get are, are pictures of a lifetime. The, the blue clarity of the water is truly something to, to behold. That, that it's becomes, our, our areas like this becomes unexplainable how beautiful they really are. But headed over to something like that is really a trip of a lifetime.
And if you get to do it more than more than once, and I hope that you do, it is so great because you experience it different every time. I was there one time when the snow was packed up going into Crater Lake. I would say 12 to 15 feet walls of snow. It was 70 degrees. The snow, of course, melting like crazy. There was rivers of water running down the pathways. But it was warm. And these walls of snow just made it so unique to take a peek at. Headed over to the Rogue River. Excuse me, not the Rogue River. Over to Moppin. Over to Moppin and the, and the rivers there, there for, for whitewater rafting. If the people you're talking to, or you yourself, of course, are into whitewater rafting. The Northwest is filled with whitewater rafting. Some other time, I'll tell you the story of my first whitewater rafting trip. Foolishly, I went on the White Salmon, a four-plus river. And um, it, I, it certainly indoctrinated me to whitewater rafting. But whitewater rafting, the pictures you'll get from it, the ex personal experience will endear you to whitewater rafting, which I would suggest going on a two or three river if you've never been on one, more of a flat water, light rapids. It, it'll still give you a good thrill and then work up to you know the, the higher threes, fours, fives as you can. So going over to Maupin is a wonderful place. The, the views are so different from, of course, the Oregon coast. You, you're looking at more of a desert type of an area. And from there, headed over to the Bend area and Mount Bachelor and the skiing on Mount Bachelor. Wow. Uh, if, you if you are a skier and you have not experienced Mount Bachelor, we're just kind of doing the round of the state here right now. If you haven't experienced Mount Bachelor and the wonders of the downtown environment, the ginchy little environment of Bend, Oregon, you really need to take time and go. It's within about three, three and a half hours of Portland. So it's going to take some time, but so well worth your time. There are other cities around the Bend area that offers so much. We just have such, we are so lucky in the Northwest, have such a wealth of things to take a look at. I haven't talked much about the Washington area as much as I should, because there's so much going on in Washington. And for example, going up the beach from Astoria, you cross the mighty Columbia, the mouth and delta of the Columbia on the what I would call super long bridge on Highway 101 going over to Washington, the floating bridge, which is a sight to behold by itself. And then you get into Long Beach, Washington. Another area that is just, for real estate purposes, shouldn't be missed. Long Beach is one of the beaches, of course, you can take your car and drive on it. Long Beach will do things for you that are just unique from anywhere else. All areas, as they say, real estate is unique no matter where you go. 
And I'm enthralled by, I told you before, I love real estate and what we do in real estate, but you've got to know your areas. You need to be able to advise people more than just your neighborhood. Yes, you're a specialist in your neighborhood. That's important for growing your business, but for being a well-rounded realtor, you need to know your areas and what's going on. Because I can't I tell you, half my clients are not from this area. They don't know the Pacific Northwest so well. They've only heard of it and they want to experience it. Excuse me. Experience it. I'm going up in, into the Olympic Peninsula of Washington and up the Hood Canal once again, shouldn't be missed if they have time. But some of these trips are going to take, you know, one, two, three days as they head up there, up, up the Olympic Peninsula and go to Squim and the unique city of Squim and its unique climate. Because <clears throat> the Olympic Peninsula, the, the weather comes around the, the, the uh, mountain range and mostly misses Squim leaving it a drier climate in the midst of what would be a very, very wet area. But Squim ends up being quite dry because of how the weather pattern comes around the Olympic Peninsula. The Olympics, of course, can we say it's, it's a wow factor for sure. Absolutely a wow factor. These are just a few of the areas and as I begin thinking further and further, there's so much to not be missed in the, the great Pacific Northwest. We haven't mentioned, you know, all the things down in the Olympia area and uh, the car inlet of the of the Puget Sound and so much to see there and taking boat rides and flights and so much. I would love to hear from you in the chat. Where do you like to go? and de-stress. Just let me know in the chat real quick. Where in the Pacific Northwest, when you have a when you get stressed on a deal, where do you go to de-stress? Where's the environment? Do you head off to the beach? Do you head to the mountains? Do you head to lakes? Do you head for hikes? What do you do? We have so many parks in the in the Northwest that are open parks. So even even uh, off leash parks for dogs. We have one right down down in Toronto area, the Thousand Acre Park. It's an off leash park. Just let your dog run, and it's it's so beautiful to see the animals just run free. And so we have lots of parks like that. So many areas of hiking adventure. You can go from, you know, simple flat hikes like the Ramona Falls hike, a fairly flat hike up on Mount Hood, a hike that my wife and I did on on our, uh, right after being uh, married, we, we took off on, on our, goodness sakes, anyway, we took off to uh, go and do a hike right after being married many years ago, and we've done it many times since. It's a fairly flat hike where you go hike into Ramona Falls, and when you get back there, the water is cascading over this mountain hillside. It's not a straight waterfall, but it's cascading and trickling 
over this mountainside, stunning something that shouldn't be missed, but only can be experienced by hiking into it to see it in its pristine fashion. Where do you go when you've had a rough week and you're taking off for a weekend with a significant other and you say, let's go somewhere and de-stress? Where do you go? <coughs> I will tell you that we head off usually for hikes or for beaches where we can just de-stress our, our, our brain. I hope that you're planning for a wonderful, wonderful Christmas tomorrow with your family. The greatest gift you can give your friends, your family, your clients, your loved ones is your time. And I hope that you're planning to give lots of your time to your loved ones. It's the greatest gift you can give. Thank you so much. I am your real estate guru. This is Real Estate Daily, and we'll be talking very soon. Merry Christmas.